0: It's time for the Smart Money Questions podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions podcast. This is the Smart Money Questions podcast. I am Matt Hausman. You probably already knew that considering the intro. Hopefully everyone is uh, having a great day. I am. Just a couple days ago, it was uh, we had like five to six inches of snow uh, and, as I'm recording. And today as I'm recording, it's about 54, 55. I don't even see a cloud in the sky. And if the snow is in the sun, it's gone. If it's in the shade, it's still around. So uh, listen, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I've got some things I want to go over today. One of them, you know, some people might not be in this p- uh, position, maybe many. But I, I think it's still I think we can learn from a couple of the, the things I'm going to go over today whether you are in this position or not. And then we've uh, if we have time we've got a couple questions that uh, came in that I wanted to review there as well. So listen before we get into that, let's make sure we deal with the disclaimer. <laughs> Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com, And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30-minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation? So again, very low-key. Go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com. And schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay. So this first section is, um, it's really going to be a lot of, of the discussions that I have with business owners. As many of you know, obviously I'm a business owner and then um, we have clients that are business owners and I'm going to go over a lot of the things that I discuss with them. First of all, in questions that I'm asking them and what their responses are and then how I Respond to that. And I think it's something that even if you're not a business owner, I think there's something you can take from this. Um, A lot of times when I am talking to a business owner and they're talking about if I execute my business plan, my retirement plan will go ahead and it's going to take care of itself. And many times there's an assumption because the business owner has put their heart and soul into the business. Maybe they've been in business for 10 years, maybe 30 years. Is that somehow, some way on the back end, is that usually that's their largest asset, that somehow it's going to provide them some type of income when they're not there, when they're not working there anymore. A lot of times, like I said, it's not necessarily they'll say, well, it's not, I don't have a lot of investments, I don't have a lot of money in the bank, but I really have a high net worth when you look at my business. If we value my business, then I actually, I I have a decent amount of money. But the reality is they have put so much time and effort into the business, which is great, which is probably why they are successful. In fact, it's not the why, it definitely is a reason that they're successful. But if all of our value, our net worth, our financial value is inside the business, I think many times business owners aren't recognizing or they have this thought that, at some point in time, I'm going to sell my business, and I'm going to make a ton of money off of that sale, and that's going to be my retirement plan. That's been my plan the whole time. The reality is, or there's, a, there's also this, where I have kids or I have family members that are going to come in to the business as I am kind of slowly making my way out of the business They're going to take care of the business and that's going to be my retirement plan is that they have, uh, they're going to continue to pay me. Maybe I still have an ownership. Maybe I'm still consulting there. Somehow, some way, they're going to continue that business to move forward and that's what's going to pay me out. And I think one of the things that we need to look at or what I advise them on is, and this is where I think it doesn't matter if you're a business owner or you're an employee, is that how we are planning and where we are investing you know in this case our money to build something that of that you have created value for if you if you're an employee you're doing the exact same thing at a business but the reality is when we are a business owner if the majority asset we have if we haven't put monies and investments outside of our business because of this idea that I'm eventually going to sell my business, or the family is going to come in and take care of the business along with taking care of me because they're going to keep paying me, then the reality is, in the sale of a business, there's a couple things that many times I don't think people probably because they haven't even investigated or started the planning pro- or the uh, selling process, but the reality of getting the money, the number that you think your business is worth, usually business owners, probably including myself, think the business is worth more than it actually is. So we, we get an appraisal of the business, now we're going to put it on the market, and the thought that somebody is going to and just stroke you a check for exactly what you're asking for, in my experiences, that just doesn't happen. Usually because many times in the sale of a business if that person was the magic of the business that business owner and all of a sudden they, boom they're just gone then the new owner has to is usually very aware we don't want to have customer client you know attrition people are just leaving they're going to go find something else so usually they're going to want that business owner to stay around for a certain period of time which means they're not just going to pay out all of the money at once to the business owner and have them stay around. Usually there's going to be some type, they'll they'll put cash down, maybe 30 to 70%, and then the business owner is going to have to take back a note on getting that payout maybe over a 24 to 60-month period of time while they are still working in the business and assisting that new owner in the transition With the existing, it's not just the clients and customers. It's also the staff and getting that new owner used to, you know, and understanding their processes, their sales process, their customer service process, all of that. And depending on when that is executed by the business owner, if they're waiting, well, I'm going to retire at 65, I'll start looking at the sale of my business at that time. That's too late. Especially if the new owner is negotiating, they want you around for three to five years. And your thought was, I'm going to be out at 65. I'm going to be sitting on the beach, sipping up pina colada. Let's also think about the family situation. Now, first of all, we know what they always say, you know, don't mix business and family. So we want to be aware of that. But usually, in my experience, is the family transition usually takes years in advance of the original owner exiting the business. As I said, usually it's It's five, it's 10, it's 15 years where the other members of the family have been actively involved in the business for an extended period of time. So in that situation, you know, if they can make it, <laughs> it's, been, it's an easier transition for the business owner to leave. Now, the other thing to realize in that, it goes back to the first thing that I was talking about in that. Many times the original owner thinks the business is worth more than it really is. And unless you've had family members that have been involved for an extended period of time and can really true, truly see that overall value, if they're just coming in and they've only been around for a year or two, they're looking at their own best interest. I mean, I know we're family, but they're looking at their own best interest, which means they're looking for the lowest price they can pay for it. On the other end, the business owner is actually wanting to make sure they get the most of that. And so the reason I go through all of that, especially if you're a business owner, what I would tell you to do, and I have a client that is a business owner, and I'll always remember him talking to me about 10 years ago and him saying, I knew I, I was putting blood, sweat, and tears into my business to make it successful. And when it got to the point where it was producing more than enough money than what I needed to live on, is I, I took some of the money and yes, I reinvested it back into the business to continue the growth that I was wanting and expecting and planning for. But I also started investing in other areas. In his particular case, he was investing in you know, capital markets, stocks and bonds. He was also investing in real estate. And his thought process was, you know, when the time comes for me to sell, In whatever ends up happening, whether it ends up, he hasn't sold yet, but whatever, if it ends up being where another buyer comes in, or maybe some current employees are going to create an employee stock option plan to buy me out, or family members come in, is that I'm going to have outside resources to allow me to step away the way I want to step away, and I can hold out for the price that I want. And so it's real important, if you're a business owner right now, and you haven't and, you're, and one of your thought processes is, I'm going to sell my business, the family's going to come and take it over, or like I said earlier, I have a really high net worth, but you know, 95% of my, my asset worth is inside the business. It is time to start looking and evaluating and planning your exit strategy. I can't tell you how important that is. Because many times as business owners, we just get so, I mean, our head goes down and we're, we're just grinding. Because, you know, in this case, the, you know, the business is now it is part of our immediate family. It is what we have been working for. And we don't want to lose sight on the fact that ha- we have put the blood, sweat and tears into it that we're not really looking at what our exit strategy is going to be. I remember listening to a podcast about two and a half years ago, and there was a guy talking about when he sold his business and his thought process was. I'm going to be able to unload this, and I'll get it done within six months. When he started doing the investigation, the due diligence to get prepared took 12. It was on the market for another year, and when they finally got an offer, it took eight months to close. That's almost 36 months. So we really want to, if you're a business owner, it's so important to not only be planning what your exit strategy is going to be, but to also be if possible, is to be investing in other areas outside of your business. So your total net worth, the total asset value that you have is not wrapped up into an asset that could be very difficult to transition out of. So if you have questions about that, if you want to uh, start that process, please reach out to us. Matt.com, schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone call. I'm more than happy to go over where we've been able to help other business owners, the questions they ask, the professionals to bring in. It's not just an accountant. It could be a business broker. It's an attorney. Is getting your team together, start investigating on what's going to be your most advantageous exit strategy. And the last thing I'll leave you with is when you look to sell, is you want to be aware that the tax man cometh. When you look at that sale price, and, and how you're going to structure that sale. Please understand, as you know, that is all your mo- is not all your money. Uncle Sam's going to have his handout, both at the Fed and the state level. And so you, that's why it's so important to start looking now and investigating and really resourcing out what that's going to look like so you know on the back end what you're going to be putting in your pocket. So please reach out to us uh, if you have questions on that. If you haven't started looking at it, And you're thinking you're five to eight to 10 years away now from selling or executing that strategy. Start looking at it now. Now's the time. If you're a younger business owner and you've gotten to the point where you're, you're bringing in more money, putting a little bit money or putting whatever it is you want back into the business for growth, start investing outside of your business to create outside resources other than just the business. So really important. Okay. Listen, I've got two other questions I wanted to go over, and this is, um, this is Robert in Texas asks, which is better to max out your Roth 401k or your Roth IRA? I'm in my mid-30s and already getting the 401k match from my employer, and that's going into a pre-tax 401k, and then I'm adding an additional 5% into the Roth 401k. Should I put the remainder of my retirement savings into a Roth IRA or more towards the Roth 401k? I probably can't max out both, so should I do one, you know, one in the 401k and a little bit in the other, or does it make a difference? So here's the answer that I would give you, is first of all, how much more can you put in? You want to realize, first of all, and what's your income, because if you're contributing into the Roth 401k, it doesn't matter how much you make, there's no earnings restrictions on your contributions in. If you do the traditional Roth IRA, first of all, your contribution into that is lowered. The other thing is, is if you're making too much money, the IRS says, hey, you can't put any money in there. So this is where you have to look at what your budgeted amount is and decide there on which way to go. I literally just had this conversation earlier today with someone where I was explaining to them that their income was over the limit on contributing to a Roth IRA the only option they had was their company Roth 401k. Now the one now if you have the ability to put also money into a Roth IRA, I would tell you to do that. Why? Because your investment options dramatically open up. If you have to go to the Roth 401k, you're going to be restricted based on the plan's decision on the investments you can invest in. But if you can do the Roth IRA, then now the, you know, the world is your oyster. On what you want to invest it in. But especially if you are restricted or eliminated in investing in a Roth IRA, the only place you can go is the Roth 401k. So the conversation I was having today was explaining, you need to go back and find out what your company retirement plan is offering because right now your household income is greater than what the traditional Roth IRA contribution allows. And so again, if you have that, one or the other, you know, if I put money into the Roth 401k or I put money into the Roth IRA, is if you can put money into a Roth IRA, I would tell you to do it. And I would tell you to max it out. And then choose the investment strategy that's going to be best for you. Again, if your income is over that, then that's where you have to go back to that Roth 401k option. The other thing I would tell you is, is In the match that you're getting, Is make sure to ask your company, do I have to put the money to get the match into the pre-tax 401k, the traditional 401k side of the equation? Or can I get the match by still putting money into the Roth 401k? I will tell you, most of the time, the company and the plans are designed where you're going to have to put money into that traditional uh, 401k side to get the match. And you definitely want to do that, by the way, if that's the plan, because you want to catch that free money and just realize that free money is what's going to pay the tax when you take it out. But if they will allow you to max out the Roth 401k and still get the match into the pre-tax, that's the way to do it. I'll give you an example. That's what we do here. Our company 401k plan, the way we had it designed was we have a traditional uh, 401k option. We have a Roth 401k option. It doesn't matter what side you put the money into the match is going to go to the pre-tax. So what do Maggie and I do, we max out the Roth 401k side, and then the company match that has to go in is going into the uh, traditional 401k pre-tax side. So Robert, if you have any questions, just reach out to us, uh, speakwithmatt.com, more than happy to go over uh, any more specific questions that you have. This next one comes to us from Mary in Delaware. And the question is, I have been maxing out Toward an HSA for the past few years and feel ready to invest these funds. Since I am still over 20 years from retirement age, should I use the auto investment advisor tool to get my HSA funds in the market or should I reach out to a financial advisor to help me decide? Great question. First of all, everyone understand if you have the ability to put money into an HSA, absolutely do it. It's the only money that is truly tax-free it goes in pre-tax grows tax deferred if used for qualified medical expenses which that term has dramatically been expanded over the course of the last 10 years then it's tax-free to you your question about it's time to invest this is where it's going to be determined on how you invest it is going to be on the custodian that is hosting or um, the custodian, yeah, that's hosting your HSA account and what they're offering. So in our particular case, um, we use a company called Health Equity because they have a very robust investment opportunity within their HSA platform. So, um, and in that case, you know, I went in and I was able to choose what the investments are. So just to let you know, we're not quite 20 years away, a little bit shy of that, but we're f- heavily investing the HSA funds, heavily, I mean very aggressively, and we put the money in on a quarterly basis, and the idea is I'm not going to even look at that money until I'm 65. Now, in your case, um, talking to an advisor, I would tell you to do that. I wouldn't just go on an automated tool. I would, wherever you're going to be, wherever your HSA account is going to be, is I would look to what those investment op- options are and how they're going to fit into the way you want to invest it. So once you've determined how you want to invest it, let's say you want to invest the way we do, which is you're, you're going to invest and diversify based on asset class, meaning domestic and international stocks, the same for bonds, large cap you know, or large companies to small companies, both sides, domestic and international, and then decide how aggressively you want to do it. And that's where I think an advisor could really come in and help you design that portfolio the way you want it to. The other thing I would suggest doing is depending on how you're uh, contributing. So we contribute into our HSA account every quarter. Every quarter, we put money in. And then by the, you know, by the end of the year, we have hit that max. Um, and just to go over how you get the money out of the HSA, there's different ways. The way we're planning on doing it later, is we're paying all of our medical expenses out of pocket today. And again, that's it's uh, medical, it's um, eye care, it's dental, um, heck, it's even over-the-counter stuff. You keep those records, and at some future time, you can quote cash in or get reimbursed for multiple years of expenses. So the reality is, like I said, we have the ability to pay those expenses out of pocket right now. We are keeping them. And the idea is 10, 12, 15 years from now is we will cash all of that out at one time as a huge tax-free infusion of cash, more than likely for the purchase of, um, of real estate, of a secondary real estate home, a retirement home, something like that. That's what our intention is right now. So Mary, hopefully that asks your, uh, answers your question. If you have any questions about that or you want to speak to me, about that, more than happy to do that. Speak with Matt.com or simply give us a call, 610 719 3003. So that's all I've got for today, everyone. I hope it's been valuable. Again, if you have a question or scenario that you would like for us to address, please email that to us at infosmartmoneyquestions.com at or pick the phone up, 610 719 3003, and let us know. Or if you would like to have a, a personal call with me, you can go right to my online calendar, speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. Schedule a 15 or 30-minute conference call right there. We'll go through that process, that conversation, and at the end of that time, we'll decide if it makes sense to have a second conversation. Listen, everyone, take care. We'll talk soon.